Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mighty Thorcast. My name is Ed. I'm Terry. We are your hosts for uh, each and every episode of the Mighty Thorcast. As we do it, unless there's another one out there somewhere I haven't seen. Uh, we are a spoiler podcast, so we're going to talk about uh, three books, hopefully this episode, and we'll talk about all three in detail. What does and doesn't happen, and how pretty the pictures are, and what we think, and everything like that. So, And hopefully we won't be spoiling um, the first two books, because they're pretty darn old. Yeah, they're issues 136 and 137 of the 1966 volume of Mighty Thor. So that's probably 67 or 68 that those came out. So mm-hmm. we're looking at 40 plus years. Yeah, so you should have already read them by now, and if you haven't, then it's not our fault. Yeah, now the third book is the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery, issue 625. That one came out two weeks ago, maybe? Two-ish. Something like that. So, so you, now you that really have had, you've had time to read that one, too, but, you well, know, you now, may not have gotten your books in, or your right. favorite store may have been out of that particular so, issue because Thor is becoming so popular, but, you know. My, my books for the month haven't come in yet, so if I was getting the Thor books from my usual mail order service, I wouldn't have them. Oh, okay. Well, so then when we get to the new them. one, you, you might want to la 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 your way so. through some of it. But that's why I go to I the, them, not you. our well. local comic book shop mm-hmm. to get these books. That way we don't have to wait. I don't have to worry about that. Support your local comic book shop. Yes, yes, especially now with the new digital initiatives that are coming up and the new, well, that's a whole other company, so we won't talk about that. All right. You so, want to get right to the heart of the matter? Starting off with Mighty Thor 1966, uh, issue volume one, issue 136. 136. And it's the mighty Thor to become an immortal, featuring the uncanny menace of him who is unknown. This is a pretty good front cover, too. I kind of like it. Did not realize when I first looked at the front cover that that was Jane Foster. Yes. That is Jane Foster in in and a lovely goddessy kind of garb. Goddess garb. Looking all menaced by... An unknown that we can't and, see. And it's interesting because it says, that, you know, this leads you to, to believe that this is the unknown. Yeah, but that's Odin. But it's not. We know who that is. Yeah, that's Odin so. right there uh, flashing some sort of flashlight or something on her. It looks like a flashlight, but I'm sure with Odin it's not just a mere flashlight. And Thor looking on alarmed. Yes. He's very alarmed. Very good Kirby. Yes. Page. So it opens up to become an immortal. We have Thor and Jane on top of a towering mountain peak somewhere in Europe. And he is telling her, finally, finally, I get to take you to Asgard. Odin has agreed that we may be pledged to marry. You get to meet my dad. You get to meet my dad. That's, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's time it's, to meet the parents. Yep. Time to meet the Parkers. Um, yeah, and, that's a different podcast. I know, I know. And Jane is 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 kind of... Glad and saying she fears nothing, not even the home of the gods. But as we get into the story, we'll see just how that really turns out. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this. It's a proud phantomasgoria of pageantry presented by Stanley and Jack Kirby, delineated by Vince Coletta and lettered by Artie Simek. Not to be confused with a phantasmagorgasm. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I was just like, okay. was the title of a... Another podcast that we're oh, okay. familiar with. Okay. So we start out with um, 
Thor telling Jane he would never have to leave her again. You will be mine forever. Just put your arms around me and my enchanted mallet shall we still depart from Earth and go to Asgard. Is that a euphemism? Yeah. And, um, sure is. And when he tells her, yeah, he tells her. And and it will take her away to heaven. And and, see, you keep trying to change the subject, but I... I'm I, moving on now. I, I want to run with I'm, this euphemism. I'm moving it's on really now. Good. I'm moving on now. He oh, tells her to man. shut his, shut her eyes, close your eyes, dear, and just lay back and enjoy it. And when they are next opened, we will be in Asgard. She tell me all of this isn't just a big euphemism. I'm telling you. And the, at the very beginning, they just got there. The whirling has just stopped. The train has arrived. And already she is overtaken by all the grandeur and the beauty and the and the and the men and the noise and, and everything that's going on. Already she's full of fear. She yes. She who said, I will not be I will not fear anything for now that I can be with you. Yeah. Right. She looks very fragile. Yes, I'm telling you. Very fragile. So the next picture, I love this next picture. Yeah, it this is, is an a awesome two third or half. Um, so it looks, looks, it's more than looks, half. Yeah, not Perhaps much. not two-thirds. It two might, thirds, be, a, might but, be a 60-40 kind of thing. But anyway, it's a magnificent picture. It is all, it is like nine, nine different Asgardian soldiers on their steeds, rushing down Bifrost, going around um, Thor and, and Jane. Kind of, They're kind of splitting around them. And they're on their way because the kingdom of the trolls has risen against Asgard. And Thor's like, what's going on? What's going on? And they're riding by going, we have to go, we have to go, we have to go. Nice to see you, Thor, but we've got a mission. We've got to move it. And then it shows they've captured a prisoner for interrogation, and it's a very ugly, trollish type of being. And once again, Jane is cowering again, saying how monstrous and unspeakable and Thor's like, don't look away. You have to get used to get this. Used to it. Yes. You have to keep your eyes open now. You got got to keep them shut while we were traveling here, but you have to keep them open now because you have to get used to all this. The for the force of evil hath many faces, he says. And no, that wasn't a lisp. He was actually And Jane's already going, I didn't know this was what I was getting myself mm-hmm. into. Thor's greeting Hemdel, who is the guardian of the Bifrost Bridge, and he's looking pretty tough. I'm telling you, and Hemdel is saying, "Yeah, come on. I, I knew you were coming. Come on. We didn't bake a cake, but I'm ready for you." And Jane is cowering in fear from Hemdel, saying, "The man, the sword, the horned helmet. Oh my! Oh dear! Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my!" And Thor's once again putting his arms around her, going, "Don't worry. It's just Hemdel." He's the guardian. Everything's okay. And she's like, I'm sorry. It's just all so new. Please forgive me. And Thor's like, oh, I don't, you don't have to ask for forgiveness. You are my heart, my very soul. There's nothing to forgive. He's being all sweet and understanding. But come on, let's go see Daddy. So they're walking up the bridge going toward Asgard so they can go see Odin. He definitely finds a much, a much more feminine side. Um, equal uh, prospect a little bit later yeah, on in the yeah, story. Yeah, 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 of course. You're telling the head. You're telling the head. Hush. 
So we get we 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 come into Odin's chambers and there's a big map and there's soldiers because they're planning how they're going to go against the trolls. So he's assembling everybody and they're talking about what they're going to do. And all of a sudden, somebody says, "Um, excuse me, Odin, but somebody's walking in the door." And Odin's like, "Huh?" And he turns around. He sees it's Thor. He said, "Come on, enter in, Thunder God. Come on, advance and be recognized. I would I can I can speak to you now." In the mortal that you bring, and Thor's like, her name's Jane Foster, remember dad, Jane Foster, and and, and she's all goggle-eyed because it's Odin going, like, I, 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 I can't believe that, that I'm here, I'm at a loss for words, and Odin takes her hand, he's trying to be sweet and understanding, he's like, give me your hand, child, perhaps my confidence and serenity will give you strength. Dog's got some gnarly eyebrows. Oh, yes, he does. Sort of, what, who was... Who was the commentator on 60 Minutes? I didn't make it a habit of watching They had the gnarly minutes. eyebrows. I'm sure some of you people out there know. I, I was I'm, other things. I'm sure some of you people out there know. So just, just write in and tell us who, who the gnarly eyebrow dot guy. His, his name rhymes with Looney. Rooney? Oh, I wanted them to write in. Okay, oh. Andy Rooney has the gnarly Mickey eyebrows. Rooney. Andy. And and that's kind of what Odin's eyebrows are looking like here. Yeah, it, it matches actually his mustache and his beard. In but color. When when placed over the eyes, it's just kind of gnarly. Yeah. So. So he's telling her, "I'll take some of my strength and my serenity. You'll be okay." And and Thor's like, "Dad, you did say we could wed, right?" And and Odin's like, "Well, yes, I did." And this is where he aims his flashlight at her. It's some kind of transformational ray gun of some sort. And he turns her into what he calls a goddess, which is where she gets the outfit that she has on the cover. Changes her outfit, and, and he gives her some non-human yeah, some non-human abilities. Well, I was getting to so. that. So she's in this lovely green winged costume with a headdress and everything, and she's like all bewildered going, what's going on? May I interject? Sure. The costume that she has on is very much like a costume that Kirby will put on a character named Night Glider uh, that came out from Top Comics, the card company. Uh, For you guys that may be aware, it was one of the very last creations that he made and got paid for before his death. He made three or four characters for Topps Comics, and uh, Night Glider was was one of them, and, and this is very similar to, to what he did there, uh, only separated by about 30 years. Okay. So, so he liked the idea, kind of had it in the back of his the, head the and reused it again. thing, yeah. Yeah, the whole winged thing. Bat-like yeah. kind of, or not bat, more like a like a, a flying fox or one of these mammals that glides when it sticks its arms out and legs out because of the skin attached. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it looks like. And Thor's trying to explain to her that in order to marry an immortal, she has to become an immortal, which means she has to be a goddess in order to wed him, the god of thunder. And Odin says, and I have something I want to give thee. I want to stand back, Thor. I'm going to give her a power, a gift worthy of a thunder god's bride, the enchanted gift of unlimited flight. And all of a sudden, there goes Jane flying off into the air. And Thor is telling her, merely think of a destination and you'll fly there. Just just go with it, honey. Go with it. And she starts thinking, you know, as, as a child, I always thought it would be neat to fly, be able to fly somewhere. 
and but this is not, I really shouldn't be able to do this. So she starts falling because as Thor has already told her, it's your mind that takes you where you want to go. You will fly as long as you have set in your mind where you want to go. And instead of the fear has taken over her mind, so she starts to fall and hollers for Thor. And, of course, Thor goes, I have to go get her. So he flies off to, to help her and is wondering, why can't she just, why is she doubting the word of Odin? Why can't she just do this? And and he gets to her just in time and says, thou must put thy fears aside, woman, and learn the courage of an immortal. So they're off doing that. They're sa- He's saving her and, and, and flying her back. And, and Odin and his... One of his counselors. One of his counselors. Like, they don't yeah. really say who it is, I don't believe. I don't see. No, I don't believe. And uh, he says, she must learn to acquit herself as a goddess, and I shall afford her the opportunity. I shall bring out the unknown. And the counselor that is with him is like, are you sure you want to do that? He's pretty powerful. And Odin's like, I have spoken. Go bring forth the unknown. He's like, well, fine. So he goes, and, and it's a tuning fork. That makes a certain pitch when you hit it that brings out the unknown. So he goes into the room where the tuning fork is, this is the minion, and strikes it and then runs for his life. He says, I must flee because the unknown is all-powerful and I don't want to be here when he comes out. So he's running and he's scared and he's shaking and, and one of Odin's minions is like, can he just go rest somewhere because he's like really afraid. He's like, fine, go away. And he's... And Odin turns to Thor and says, this is what I've done to prove that she's worthy. You know, this is what we're going to do. And Jane, you're going to have to face this. And she's like, Thor, I'm afraid. Don't leave me. And Thor's like, don't be afraid. Have faith. The prize is worth the risk. I'm the prize. Boy, that's awful egotistical. Because he's the prize. She can't marry him unless she goes through this and passes and he tells her the prize is worth the risk. He knows his stuff. I'm telling you, he's feeling very confident. So the door closes. Jane's in there, can't see a thing. She feels a menacing power coming upon her. And I, the, the pictures are very good. I mean, you've got Jane in her lovely little goddess outfit. And you just have these big shadows of something that you can't really make out what it is. You just see shadows and this hand coming at her. And she's screaming for help because she's just afraid, can't even remember that she has the power of flight and could fly away from this thing. All she can think of is how scared she is, and she's screaming for Thor. Don't these two panels here seem like something that you would see in a movie? Yes. Very cinematic. Yes, very cinematic. Sorry, a little malfunction there. And Thor, being Thor, can't can't refuse her cries for help and runs in to help. And Thor's like, don't worry, dear, I've got this. But before he could actually move, the unknown strikes. And Thor strikes it back with his thrum. That's his word, by the way. He didn't know that it's already. His it's his hammer's word. And he says, he's gone. I've, I have driven him back, Jane. Don't worry. And Jane is like, Feeling along the wall, going, get me out of here, get me out of here. I have to, I can't stand it. I'm going mad. I've had enough. I do not want to be here. She crawls out. She's on her hands and knees on the floor, going, um, and Thor's up there talking, saying, I'm, 
this is causing Jane too much. It's just too much for her. We, I don't know what we're going to have to do, but this is too much for her. Odin. We, she can't go through this. And Odin's like, well, if she wants to be a goddess, then she's got to learn. Because fear does feed the unknown. So the unknown was actually her worst fear. It would have, I guess, changed from the person to person to person. And she's, and he's like, and as you know, Asgardian gods have no fear. So they don't have to worry about the unknown, whereas she does. And Thor's like, but she's no warrior. She's not Val- Valkyrie born. She, she's gentle and true and kind. Is there not a place for one such as her here? And Jane's like, no, there's not a place for me here. No, I don't want to stay. I, I, I can't be a goddess. I can't stay here. It's too horrible, too undurable unendurable and it's making me mad i gotta go i gotta go and odin's like she's wiser than you are thor she knows her place and where she should be so i'm sending her back to earth and thor's like no and odin's like i have spoken it is done so jane goes back to earth and thor's like you never intended for this to work did you father and he starts to rush odin and some of the minions come up and say stand back you can't approach Odin like that. And Odin's like, let him be. I understand his rage and his disappointment. But he has to learn. So my heart grieves for you, Thor, but you have to learn that it's my will. And my wrath is all-consuming, and you're really pissing me off right now because you're not accepting what is going to be. So he sends. Thor's like, but I love her still. And he's like, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, you have to go do something else now. And we're still fighting the trolls. I mean, all this time that they've been dealing with Jane, the trolls are still coming to battle with Asgard. And Asgard is still trying to battle back. And he's like, you know, while we've been playing with all of this, they've gotten close to this certain area where they can break through. So you need to go to the land of Gunderhelm, and you need to stop them at the crystal, the Glade of the Crystals. And not let them enter Asgard. This is all on you, Thor. So Thor goes to the one place where they could get through. There's only one place they could get through. And he's he's guarding it. And he's like very downfalling. He just he doesn't care anymore because the woman he loves is gone. And he can't have her. And he says, well, I just might as well fight as never before. I have nothing left to live for. I might as just give it all I have. And the trolls come. And they start fighting. He's, he's, he's trying to secure that area. And we go back to Earth and we see Jane in the hospital. Just walking down the hall. She's like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know where I am, really. And one of the nurses stops her and says, are you the new resident nurse that was coming in today? And Jane's like, why, yes, I am. My name's Jane Foster and I'm a nurse. Am I too late? And she's like, no, you're not. And he takes her, she, she takes her in to Dr. Kincaid, who was a very nice-looking, blonde, young doctor who was so happy to see her. And she's like, man, he's handsome. I, I feel like I've seen him before do, in my dreams. Do I know him? Then we go back to the Thor, who was fighting the, the unknown, which I thought he had already defeated, but apparently not. I guess he just ran it off. Ran it off, maybe, yeah. So he's fighting the unknown again and battling with him, and he's like, man, he's pretty strong. 
he's he's doing me in. I, I, my defeat has come. He girds himself for the final kill, and somebody stops the unknown. And Thor looks up and is like, who's fighting with me? He said, then, and the voice says, fight, son of Odin. Fight as you have never done before. And Thor's like, I shall. I shall fight. So together, the two of them defeat the unknown. And he turns around and he looks. He's like, well, who's my new ally? And, he, and it's a woman. He's like, well, who are you? You're, you're beautiful enough even to stagger a god. Who might you be? And she's like, well, you knew me years ago. You know my brother, the faithful Hymnal. And Thor's like, Sif? No, that can't be you. I dangled you upon my knee. But by my mallet, there child no longer. By my mallet. By my mallet. Now I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And she tells Thor that she had had a crush on him since she was little. And she notices that he's very sad right now. And he's like, yes, I am, but that's all right. I'll be all right. And Sif's like, well, I'm, I'm here for you. I've, I've, loved you from afar and Thor's like hmm okay the lovely slit Sif I've been blind to Sif I know I said slip but I meant Sif Sif. I know but I meant Sif Sif. and Thor says verily thou hast restored the lust for life to the smoldering soul of an errant thunder god now that's a euphemism right there Uh uh-huh and then as the mighty Thor and the sun, stunning Sif turn and walk into the twilight, we see Odin and his minion talking. And his minion's like, boy, you're smart. And Odin's like, yeah, I know I am. <sighs> but only in the heart can we find the final enchanted ingredient men call love. So he's given Jane someone on Earth, the lovely Dr. Kincaid, that she feels she somehow knows. And she's brought Sif back into Thor's life. And she's all grown up now. And we see now in the current um, stuff, who, who is Thor with? Sif. Who has the staying power. Sif. That's right. Yep, pretty much. So we move right on to 137, which is we're still fighting pretty the much. trolls. Don't forget we're still fighting the trolls. Yes, yes. And this one is the the Thunder God and the Troll. At last, the immortal Avenger battles a foe as powerful as Thor himself, introducing Ulik. Ulik the Troll. Very good front cover. Very nasty looking Ulik the Troll, who is as big or bigger than Thor. And they are battling, tearing down a mountain as they battle each other. Who uh, still pops up occasionally now. Okay. So it shows Sif and Thor getting ready to go into battle. They're, they're practicing. He's, he's seeing just what skills she has. And this is also Stanley, Jack Kirby, Vince Coletta, and Sam Rosen for this issue. And Sif is showing off a little bit, throwing some spears into this straight staff that they have stuck into the ground to show her marksmanship. And Thor's like, mm, yeah, that's okay. And she's like, oh, are you jealous? And he's like, well, no, let me show you what I can do. And he whacks the mallet on the ground and the three spears fly out and so they're kind of like trading back and forth this is what i can do with anything you can do i can do better anything you you can do better than you you know that whole song and so they're they're while they're doing all this there is a troll who is watching them 
going, have they forgotten that they're at war with us? What are they doing just playing around? So he sends his minions, the troll does, out to capture the hammer of Thor. He says, they're just playing around. They're not paying any attention to us. So you should be able to, uh, to capture them rather easily. And this next picture where they're, where they're actually attacking Thor and Sif is a, also more than half a page. Shows several trolls encircling. They're holding down Thor's arms so that he cannot use his mallet at all. They are capturing Sif, who is fighting back, but not able to withstand the forces that are against her. And finally, Thor breaks his arms apart so that they, they he throws them off and says, for Asgard and for justice, So he because he's going to, to rescue Sif. He sees that Sif's in trouble. And he's beating against the, the trolls, and they're bringing out their fine weapon that they have made, a bludgeon bow. I'll stand aside and we'll fire the bludgeon bow and they do but it doesn't do any good because he knocks down the, the missile that it fires with his hammer and they're all like curse that uru hammer now we, we we can't get it the, the female is ours though when they've captured Sif and they're taking her off because they know that if they get Sif and they take her off Thor will follow and Ulic the mighty who is their only hope will be brought out and Ulic can fight Thor so Thor's still trying to crash through him to get to Sif and not getting there in time. Gets to the Forbidden Under Kingdom of the Trolls, the very entrance to it, and starts to go down through and sees this huge, hulking troll in front of him. And it turns out it is Ulrich. And Ulrich's like, I've been waiting for you for a long time. Let's get it on, big boy. It's huge. Whole page of Ulrich in all his majesty with his metal pounders where he can shatter a whole mountain. So Sif is being held down by some of the trolls. They're about to give her the a sleep a sleep um, mist so that she will be under their control. And they're talking about how they're going to use her for um, bait to get Thor and they've reached, sent her down to Grack. So up on... Some killer names. I'm telling you. So up on, um, at the very entrance, once again, we're back to Ulic and Thor, where they've started their battle. And they're kind of feeling each other out. They're, they're, they're punching each other and throwing at each other just to see how strong. And Thor's like, yeah, I can handle you. And Ulic's like, yeah, I can handle you. And... They, they're darting and weaving and throwing punches, and, and it's a very good epic battle scene. And it looks like I'm the mightiest, and Thor's like, yeah, but I'm a god of thunder. And and they're fighting, and it looks like, but you don't understand, the more an, I fight, the madder I get, the more power goes into my limbs, the more angry I get, I'll grind you into nothingness, Thor. And Thor's like, oh, yeah, right, I'm the thought god of thunder, and I can get just as mad as you. But actually, he's thinking, hmm, I'm not injuring this creature at all. And he just keeps coming back with more and more fury and stronger and stronger, and I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do here. I don't know if I can vanquish him. And Olek is using his pounders and is pounding the earth and tearing down sides of the mountain and creating shockwaves that's, that's forcing Thor back and bringing down the lactites that are about 
hitting Thor and he's having to roll out of the way. And Thor's like, hmm, I don't know what I'm going to do here. And he's laying there listening and he can hear Ulrich coming up behind him. And Ulrich crashes into the earth and and causes this great shockwave again. And Thor's like, I don't know. He's almost on me now. I don't I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And Ulrich picks him up and throws him into the wall. Goes over and says, are you still alive? Hmm. You're almost a match for me, but not quite enough. I shall crush you. And Thor's like, let me just let me just lay here and let me gather all my strength. And then all of a sudden, Ulrich's gone. And Thor's like, what just happened? Was this Odin doing this? But no, that's not like my father. He wouldn't do it that way. And he hears a voice, and the voice tells him, rest easy. That which you have beheld is not the doing of the Lord of Asgard. And Thor recognizes the voice as a troll. And the troll tells him that he is Girder, Girder. Uh, Gyrodur. king of the trolls. And he tells Thor, you have fallen into my trap. With you defending your father's realm, I could not have a clear-cut victory. But now that you're down here trying to help Sif, who is our captive, then you're not helping Asgard. So you have a choice. You can either go to Earth and save Sif, or you can go to Asgard and save Asgard. You can't do both, though. And Thor gets angry and throws his mallet, but it's, he's not really there. It was it was some kind of imagery that was not really there. So now he has to decide what he's going to do. And, of course, he goes for Sif. Sif must have a champion. So while Thor has gone to save Sif, the Gordor and his minions are preparing to open the doors of a shaft that they have been digging to enter Asgard. They have been working on this shaft for quite a while, and now their legions are going to go into this shaft to defeat Asgard. Lots of brave talk about going. And then there's a more than half page, once again, of this machine actually several machines that they have built that they are sort of riding up this shaft, yelling, Asgard must fall, Asgard must fall, let the invasion begin. And while they're doing that, Thor is landing on Earth, trying to figure out where the lovely Sift is so that he may save her. And that's the end of 137. I'm kind of digging this story, man. Me too. The trolls are attacking, and this sexy Asgardian female instead of that goofy, frail human female. And she not to make good babies for Thor, but Sif would. She'll, she'll give him good babies. If he can ever strap her down enough, since she's a warrior woman. So. <laughs> All right. Next up. Spoiler alert, this is the new book, is Journey into Mystery 625, written by Karen Gillan, penciled by Doug Braithwaite, colored by Ulysses Ariola, with letters by Clayton Cowles. Uh, we have a splash page that's a, a recap, um, 
being spoken by Mephisto, catching us up with all the goings-on of the last issue, I believe. I don't think it was more than an issue. We see that Mephisto is confronting Hela, intent on invading her realm because Loki told Mephisto that Hela was going to invade Mephisto's realm, which was and wasn't true, but typical double dealings by Loki and triple and quadruple dealings. So while Hela and Mephisto are having a, a battle of wits, Loki uh, approaches the throne of Hela, running into Hela's um, right hand, not really a right hand, I'm not sure what the what the word would be. Her Padawan um, <laughs> would be a better word, but that's not a Marvel word. Um, whose name is an anagram of hers? Lee, L-E-A-H, or Leah, I guess. And Loki's indicating to Leah that he needs to speak to Hela, but Leah says, well, first of all, uh, you can't because she's not here, and second of all, you can't because I wouldn't let you anyways. But um, Loki's pet bird, who uh, is the... Anagram. Personification of the old Loki's ways, uh, and his name is an anagram. Uh, it's Ikol, I-K-O-L, uh, has seen something and has told Loki that Loki now wants to tell Hela. Instead, Leah uh, mind-melds, I guess, with Ikol to see what it is and sees that, ooh, wow, yeah, this is something that Hela needs to see and jets off to wherever Hela is meeting with Mephisto. Meanwhile, back at the hotel, Loki has made his way to the chambers of the um, the tongue who is the emissary spokesperson for the Asgardian god of fear who is causing all the trouble in uh, the fear itself miniseries going through Marvel right now uh, the tongue having been dispatched to talk up the denizens of hell uh, as far as what will and won't happen and, and if they do and don't side with the serpent which is the name that the Asgardian god of fear is going by and Loki uh, goes to talk to the tongue about anything because while he's talking um Balder. No, it's not Balder, it's um, Tyr, Tyr, the god of war, uh, is dispatching all of the guards, the the rest of the tongue's uh, entourage here, until finally he makes his way to being able to threaten the tongue himself. Cut back to Hela and Mephisto's meeting. They're trading barbs about... um, uh, the typical barbs that gods of death trade when they're trying to get under each other's skin, basically. When Leah pops up and tells her, to 
Leah pops up and tells Hela that Mephisto now is in charge of the Desir. Uh, the Desir being the former handmaidens of Bor, who is Odin's father, who now have been cursed by Bor and feed on the souls of dead Asgardians. Uh, their interacting with Hela was a whole nother story uh, a couple storylines ago. And Hela has a major mad on for killing these Desir because of what they do to the souls of Asgardians, which is Hela's purview. That's who she takes care of, is the, the souls of dead Asgardians. So basically, these Desir have been killing her people, as it were, because she is in charge of them. So she's got this thing for them. Uh, in the last battle, they kind of just disappeared, didn't really know what happened, just knew that the battle was over, so everybody moved forward. Now she has found out that Mephisto has them in his thrall, and I think part of her anger may be thinking that, hmm, what happened before Mephisto was behind? Mm -hmm. Which isn't true. Loki was behind it, but that's... That's okay. Loki's good at that. A whole bunch of other stories. So, Loki's good at that. Okay, so uh, sorry for that recap of about, I don't know, 15 issues of book there, guys. Um, we get back to Loki and the tongue. Uh, basically, Loki is trying to... Um, come to an agreement with the tongue uh, the tongue won't agree um, he he has no need to agree uh, he is certain that the serpent will win no matter what happens he has nothing to fear he says even if you kill me the serpent will just bring me back because after all he is the Asgardian god of death so he can do that now I don't know how he can be the Asgardian guard of death, a god of death, with Hela being the goddess of death. I, I don't know how that matches up exactly. I'll have to find that out. I'm not even sure. I've read the first three issues of Fear itself, and it doesn't even get into that. So I'm, I'm not sure when or where that information will be made available. So at the end of their conversation, uh, Tyr kills the tongue. They, they don't have any need for him. Um, but Loki does get what he was after, and that's basically invasion plans. So now he's has access to whatever the serpent is going to use to attack or try to take over the death realms, the realms of the dead, Hela, Mephisto. So uh, information. Information is power. And Loki has some information that he can now use. We cut back to Hela and Mephisto, who Mephisto is continuing to posture. Hela's mega upset because of this this new revelation of the Desir. And before they can really jump into it, once again, Loki pops up. And he pops up with these plans of the serpents. Uh, he uses these plans. He, he shares with Hela and Mephisto 
what they are, and they realize that, well, with this thing, whatever it's going to be impending, we cannot take the time or energy to attack each other. Both Hela and Mephisto recognize that. So they, they call a truce, and it's only a truce, because as soon as this uh, serpent as guardian god of death thing is done, they vow to be right back at it to fight out since they're next-door neighbors and they're not liking each other. Now they and Loki come up with a plan. A plan to uh, to help everybody out uh, with the approaching invasion, I guess it's going to turn out to be, from the serpent. However, in the process, Loki gets some things that he wants out of this agreement. Um, he, I guess he kind of leveraged the information he had, but also they found it fortuitous to them, Hela and Mephisto, to agree to Loki's demands for, for various things. So he gains four of the Desir who had pledged to him in the previous storyline, and he forgives their pledge. He says they owe him nothing. So basically that means they're free to act, but they also understand what's at stake. So they're continuing to work with Loki. Helen Mephisto go back to prepare their defenses Loki gets the Desir, four Desir from Mephisto, and he gets Lee and Tyr from Hela. So that's kind of his his band, those six, and Hellwolf and himself. So this this completes a, a group I think that he has been working towards since the start of the storyline back in six twenty three or something like that. Mm-hmm. He, he's He's got this very meticulous plan that he's building towards, and and I think that the putting together of his team, as it were, is is finalized now. So now what he does, and I like um, look at look at Tear. He's got that grayish yeah, death dead look, pallor to him. Yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, the the Desir back a, a page or two back when it showed off mm-hmm. also had that dull color yeah. tone grayish kind of look to him. Yeah. Whereas Loki's in his green and gold and even Leah has those matching colors on her dress but her pallor is that dead gray waxy looking. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so uh, Loki knows about the serpent. Uh, he knows of the serpent's origins. Now I don't know if he knows this because as an Asgardian he knows about the God of Death, or if this information came to him through these papers that he got from the tongue. Not really sure. It's not. It's, it's not overly clear. But he knows the origin of the serpent, and it's not a a big, massive, major, big deal. I don't think. No. Um, once upon a time, the the uh, creature that would become the serpent was an Asgardian, and he was living and growing as any Asgardian, while he was a child, he was attacked by giants. 
and he was uh, injured, but not killed by these giants. In getting his revenge, he uh, slaked, <coughs> excuse me, a thirst that had arisen in him. Now, I took the thirst to be for vengeance because of how they hurt him. It is shown that the thirst is a bloodthirst, which makes him seem more vampiric yes. than anything else. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it, it doesn't say why, if it's vampiric, he would have developed a taste for blood. It, they just said that he realized that he had it. Mm-hmm. So, not, not a whole lot of information there. So, either... You know, it's vengeance, and what they're portraying here is the serpent just killing them in a ghastly way, which could very well be because he books or banks on his reputation. Right. Later. He leaves one. He, he leaves one unharmed. alive with the message, uh, gods do not live in the sky, we live on the earth, and you do so at our pleasure. After having killed however many other giants were in this band. So after this word spread about this serpent and supposedly that's how he got his rep I don't know on the street rep is a big deal mm-hmm. so so that's the story about the serpent that Loki tells Tyr uh, let's all keep in mind that he may be lying who knows Loki then decides that he is going to go on with his next part of his travels. He needs two tools. And one's in Asgard and, and one's, one's in, in limbo. limbo. So he goes to Limbo, first of all, which the Hell Wolf tells him is even worse than Hell is. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The Limbo as it's been portrayed in, in Marvel isn't that bad a place, but um, and apparently the Hell Wolf couldn't go until the Desir. Yeah, I'm, I'm bidding. not sure what that was. They Loki got the Desir to attack Hell Wolf, and Hell Wolf like transported himself with Loki on his back because Loki rides him like a horse to Limbo. Um, not not exactly sure what's going on there, other than just what it is. Hell Wolf wasn't going to go. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't like Limbo, and he wasn't going to go. Loki got the Desir to attack, forcing him to go. I'm not sure how that works. Don't know if it's some kind of defense mechanism, or maybe he got hurt and he went home. Maybe the Hell Wolf is from Limbo. Something. Not, not really sure. So, that is the, uh, the end of that. So, would you think of that story as compared? Well, as compared to the um, two mighty Thors from the uh, '60s. Well, you still can't compare. The '60s are are a more innocent time. There's not so much deceit and hell and, and lying and trickery. It's basically just out and out fighting the enemy and battling the enemy and winning. Good triumphing over evil. The new books are just a whole lot of evil. A lot deeper, uh, which, I mean, you would figure with 40 more years to draw on. Mm-hmm. So, 
But I'm digging this new this new storyline. Seeing where Loki's going to go with Loki it. is a... Because, you know, they keep man, saying man. this is young Loki before he got all this little conniving things in his brain. But the way he talks, he's like, yeah, I'm young Loki. I'm very innocent. But, you know, I could say blah, 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 blah. And he comes out with this evil plan. Yeah. It's like, but I'm young Loki, and I'm really on yeah, the Yeah, I, I could want to do this. Yeah, so it's like he's that. playing on the fact that they're looking at him as a wow, child. But they have him so devious. And, yes, and these intricate. The, and plans. you're never quite sure if he's up to good or evil. Yeah, because it's, it's like he he's telling you it's all for good, it's all for good, it's all. But then you're like, hmm. You know, really? he's doing all these things. He's he's. He's saying he wants to save Asgard. He wants to save. He's getting, creating alliances. He's doing all these things that are questionable. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure in the end, he will do something to save Asgard. That will be the good Mm -hmm. that can. But then he will have all these other things that he can fall back on. Mm -hmm. That he's acquired favors that he can call in and all this. Mm -hmm. He's just, man, oh, man. So, all right. Uh. Next up here, we're going to do some feedback. Um, so uh, other than the contact information, that's probably it for the, the main part of the show today, guys. Uh, we have a comment on the Facebook page from Scott Berg. I love the show. You guys do a great job. It's nice to have a Thor podcast worth listening to, and I'm learning as I go along the way. Nice words. Thank nice you, words. Scott. Um, two from iTunes. Um, you brought me Thor. Thank you by Iceberg Lounge Podcast on the 27th of June. So my favorite fictional character has always been Oswald Cobblepot, the Penguin. When it comes to Marvel, I always read Ben Grimm and his Fantastic Four pals. I never never give Thor much thought until your show. Penguin and Thing are still my favorites, but thanks to you, I read The God of Thunder every month now. This year at San Diego Comic Con, I will be picking up some of the Thor omnibus and essentials. So I can keep up keep up with you too. Ed is very knowledgeable, bringing a true fan's love to the podcast. Terry is delightful. Why? Thank you so much. And she sees things with the same new reader eyes a lot of us do. You two are fantastic. Thank you for opening my mind to a very fun universe. P.S. I love the movie. Me too. And the other one is I love this show by Corey Summers from July 17th. Ed and Terry do a wonderful job covering the Mighty Thor. I enjoy this podcast every time a new show uploads. Keep up the good work. And that one about San Diego was the Iceberg Lounge podcast? Iceberg Lounge podcast. Well, San Diego's over, Mm -hmm. so you'll have to let us know uh, somehow. Uh, Drop us an email or a Facebook, or you can leave it on iTunes. That's cool. Let us know what you got at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. So that, that would be cool to find out. All right, our last piece of uh, feedback here was an email that we got from David. Just found your show a few weeks ago, and I love it. From iTunes, I downloaded episode 16 through 25 today, and I'm on episode 22. I love the show. I've collected almost every issue of Thor working on Journey into the Mystery 83 to 120. I don't know if you can do this, but me and my wife are going to be married one year on August 13th, 2011. Her gift to me was the Diamond Comics Thor's Hammer. Cool. This is David Campbell. Her name is Jessica Campbell. 
They live in Farmington, Minnesota. David continues, So she loves me a lot even though I'm a geek. Well, David, I know exactly how that is, sir. I was wondering, can you do a quick shout-out on your podcast for us as a surprise to her in the coming weeks? So there you go, David and Jessica. Happy one-year anniversary. Yes. Their anniversary being on August thirteenth, two 2011, which is roughly three weeks from now as we're recording it. Yeah. Two, two to three weeks. Two to three weeks. So there you guys go. Way to go. That's cool. Loving a geek is not all that hard, is it, Jessica? Finally, he finishes, I listen to your show all the time trying to catch up. You've got a listener for life. And, David, you asked some other more technical questions here. I'll send you an email trying to help you out with those things that you uh, you were asking about there. All right. Well, anyone else want to send us some feedback, they can email us at the Mighty Thor podcast at gmail.com. The website for the shows is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. We do have a Facebook fan page, The Mighty Thorcast. And, of course, if you do happen to get us off of iTunes, as these other folks have the been Heisberg kind to do, The Heisberg Lounge and Corey Summers. Please uh, leave us some feedback. more feedback, the more reviews we get, the easier it is for people to, to find the show. I uh, want to finish up by saying thank you to Scott Berg, David Campbell, Midnight Gems and Iceberg Lounge Podcast for the feedback. And Corey Summers. And Corey Summers. And also Mr. Derek Coward, who is the administrator, granddaddy of the Deliberate Noise slash Comic Book Noise family. Uh, Does our behind-the-scenes more technical stuff, as a matter of fact. Thank you, Derek, for your recent help with another website uh, project that I have going. I appreciate it. what you did, and myself and that show's co-host both enjoyed uh, enjoyed what you did very much. And happy birthday, Derek. Yes, sir. Happy birthday, uh, most definitely. This is the, um, like, what, 12th anniversary of his 30th birthday? Something like that. Something like that. Hope all is going well with the, uh, the new job as well, sir. And I believe that is all that we have uh, to say about Thor and associated things this evening, guys. So keep uh, hanging in there and listening for the new shows. Hopefully issue 27, episode 27, will be out here shortly. Uh, We'll be talking about the 1966 volume of Mighty Thor issues 138 and 139 and the 2011 volume of the Mighty Thor Issue 4 should be what's coming out. So, actually, it's scheduled to come out tomorrow as we record this. Um, we, we shall see if that's actually when it comes out. All right. That's all for this evening. We'll talk to you guys again in a little bit. Bye. This is a Teal Production. Teal Production.